0: You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Home Field Apparel. Welcome, Hoosier fans, to a disappointing episode of Doing the Work, the first show on the Back Home Network covering IU women's basketball. This is our 98th episode recorded on Saturday, January 13th, 2024, as we count down to our 100th show. I'm your host, Jeff Marlowe, and I'm joined by my co-host, Kathy Amos. Tonight, we'll be breaking down your number 14, number 13 Hoosiers, 84-57 to loss to the number three Iowa Hawkeyes. That snaps their 13-game winning streak. Bringing the record to fourteen and two overall, five and one in the Big Ten. And tonight, the, the banner moment as usual. We'll start the show with our Hoosier proud banner moment. <laughs> Kathy, uh, I'm I not <laughs> sure. I, I'm not sure there are too many banner moments here. Yeah. Um, but I'm. I'm going to kind of go back into. Um, the first quarter, when I thought we really had it, you know, we were still playing fairly well before the turnover started to back pack up, and we went inside to McKenzie on a couple of possessions, not right back to back, but there were a couple of possessions we got it to men, McKenzie. They came to double her, and McKenzie was able to find people wide open on the backside for a layup. So that banner moment for me tonight is going to be, you know, the fact that early on when we were executing, we 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 were playing uh, and looked like we knew. How we wanted to attack the Iowa defense, but just the turnovers would rack up on us as, as well. So, our Hoosier bo- banner moment, or excuse me, our banner moment is brought to you by Homefield Apparel, presenting sponsor of the Back Home Network, which includes the Assembly Call and Crimson Cast. Homefield is constantly releasing new schools or updating their products for schools in their existing line. You are bound to find something for you or anyone in your life that just loves great collegiate gear. Not only do you get qual- not only do you get quality apparel but you are supporting an Indiana-based business that has its roots in the Kelly School of business. Go to homefieldapparel.com and use our promo code HOME23, that's H-O-M-2-3, to get 15% off your entire first order. That's promo code HOME23 for 15% off. Once again, the website is homefieldapparel.com. Wear one for the team. And just some quick news that we may have missed early, in the middle of the week, at least I know I did. Uh, the McKenzie Holmes was named to the Wooden Award midseason top 25. For those of you who don't follow that, they start the preseason with the top 50, and then they knock it down in the midseason to the top 25. Other Big Ten players on the list included Caitlin Clark, Cody McMahon, and JC Sheldon. And let's throw it over to Kathy here and get her initial thoughts about tonight's game with the Amos Angle.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Jeff. So, you know, um, (laughs) <laughs> for those of you maybe who, who haven't heard um, the weather's not good here in Iowa. Um, not only did we have records setting over 20 inches of snow this week, and that was before we got actually a little more snow today. It is now bitterly cold. We didn't even get above zero to And it seems to me that cold, I think kind of followed our team into Hawkeye arena today, both on, I think the defensive end as well as our shooting in and taking care of the ball. I think those three things in particular, three point shooting, our defense just really didn't seem to be quite as dialed in and um, and uh, and and our turnovers, just, uh, especially from a couple of key players, just really wasn't there for us tonight. And when you're going on the road. Um, and playing not just anybody on the road in the Big Ten, but especially the number three team in the country. If you even have just one of those, it's going to be a rough night. When you combine all of three of those together, I think you get what we have tonight. So um, welcome to everyone here late on a Saturday night. I'm glad yeah. to have everyone here in the Workaholics. So happy to see you. And glad this is only episode number 98 for us, Jeff, and not <laughs> number 100. <laughs> so we're closing in on it. And we were concerned with if this – got rescheduled. Um, this might actually have turned out to be our 100 episode, So I'm glad it wasn't. So we'll, you know, we'll break it all down for you guys from what we see. we will happy to hear what you have in the chat as well and, and kind of react to it. But to me, those were kind of the three um, key um, errors that we had tonight were, again, takeaways, three-point shooting, and our defensive
0: and, Kathy, I think you kind of throw that all into one. I thought by the second half especially and by, by the middle of the third quarter, into the fourth quarter, even toward the end of the game, I thought offensive issues affected defense. And the turnovers racked up. We missed shots. We even missed some shots from, you know, McKenzie missed. A, start the fourth quarter, McKenzie basically misses a point-blank layup. I, we missed some shots we know kids can make. And I just thought that really affected the defense at the, at the other end. And then by the end of the, by the middle of the fourth quarter, the, the, they were starting to roll. The crowd was really into it and you get one of those situations where nobody, I think it was what I think it was Stalky with like four minutes to go banks in a jumper from about 12 feet. You know, that, that yeah. thing was rock hard, yeah. but it hits the glass and goes in. Um, and it just, it becomes a little bit of that perfect storm with it as well. So, you know, it's just one of those, I, I, but again, I know you can't let that, I, I, you don't want to let that happen, but they're also human. They're on, they're on the road. They're in an environment that, you know, looked like the crowd really showed up last night compared. And I know you said the weather was even worse yesterday, Uh, But if you saw the pictures out of the men's game at Iowa last night, (laughs) you could almost count the people at the game with, you know, on a, on a couple of hands last night, tonight, it looked like the crowd was in full force.
1: Yeah. I I was actually a little surprised at that. The weather here, while it's not snowing, it's really blowing. And there's still actually a lot of roads close. I was actually a little surprised by that. And with the, you know, sub zero um, temperatures that we're experiencing. So, but it is what it is. And um, we'll just move on to the next one. But do you want to talk, Pivotal Plays?
0: Sure. Let's go Pivotal Plays and I'll let you go first.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm not really quite sure where, where to start with this. So kind of looking at the, the first, um, uh, first quarter, you know, we, you know, we we're really battling in that first quarter. In fact, there was a, a, a sequence of events where we got, you know, a, a great transition defense. Actually, we you know where there was a couple of times early in that first quarter, our transition defense wasn't there. We had the timeout and we, we seemed to lock in Then Um, we had some great transition defense specifically by Yarden where she got a block and then, um, McKinsey, M- um, McKin- McKinsey, Gets the ball down on the other end, but she misses the money, but she gets her own rebound, goes back up for two, and then she gets the block on the other end, comes back down and get, goes um, down low for another two, gets fouled, and we ended up finally tying the game at 17-17. So while that was early, I thought that was a place where it might have been, you know, kind of pivotal for us. And- Something that we could build off of. And, you know, we, we wouldn't um, exactly, but we kept it close. You know, they only um, scored two more points after that um, to end that quarter 19 to 17. So to me, I thought that was pretty pivotal um, kind of sequence of events in that first quarter.
0: Well, I'm going to go back to even more into the second quarter here, or I'll kind of put kick ahead to the second quarter. And I thought that you know they were trying to pay so much attention to Caitlin Clark, and I get it. Yeah. I would have had maybe the same attitude defensively. I would have, you know, you know Caitlin's going to get her 25 to 30. So, but what you don't want her to go is for like 45. And so I thought they were so closed in or so so locked in on what Caitlin Clark was doing, especially when she drove that. They almost overhelped. They really, they really they collapsed did. with not just one person, but two people coming to help or even sometimes three with people in the lane, you know, three other people with at least a foot in the lane. And then we talked about this on the preview of this on Wednesday night that M- Gabby Marshall and Molly Davis had been struggling to shoot the ball for the most part this year and they found their shots yeah. and they hit shots. Um, and again, I get it. I think I would have done a lot of the same thing in terms of I was, I'm willing to make other, you know, your role players beat you but you also can't overhelp on it and and right. and then I thought once those kids games some con- and so it wasn't just one play but it was just kind of the sequence of plays there in the second quarter especially where we just kind of st- and we saw more of it in the second half too um where we just kind of overhelped, and with that so that's kind of the pivotal play I'll go back to is just kind of the the the, the overall idea yeah. of the defense but it just didn't get executed well
1: Yeah, I I would say that for sure. Um, You know, (laughs) how many threes did they end up? I know we're not in the numbers, but we ended up giving up 36 threes that Iowa took and they made 15 of them for 42%. And you have a team like Iowa who can really put up the numbers. Um, I I wasn't really concerned about their um, interior presence. And it was something I think we talked about in the preview game or preview show. I really don't think that the, interior defense is what made me nervous. And we saw a lot of our guards going down and helping. And so, yes, Caitlin Clark put up 30. That wasn't the problem tonight. You know, she's going to put up 30. That's at what her average is for the year. So not really, I think, what hurt us. I think it was the four, three other players that ended up scoring double digits. You know, we had Molly Davis, um, Kate Martin, and Gabby Marshall, like you had mentioned. All three of them ended up in, in double digits where I, you know, don't think that all three of them have been scoring in double digits this year so to me again that's what we talked about is what i had mentioned today on substack and to another one if you could slow down clark a little bit which we didn't which is fine but if even if you can't you have to keep the other players from filling in the gaps and we absolutely didn't do that and then it was exacerbated by the fact that we only shot um 25% ourselves from three point line 5 of 20 and to me those were to the two factors in particular that really hurt yep. us
0: and we didn't shoot well at the free throw line again. You know? no. So we're we're trying to save some of that. Um, yeah. I'm gonna go back you to the end of the second numbers. <laughs> yeah. 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 But I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to the end of the second quarter, Kathy, where right. you know, um, kind of that sequence there at the end of the second quarter, where going into the half, and again, we've seen this a little bit, where Iowa scored. I can't remember if it was a three or not, but they got a three. And it was mm. a bucket or a three. I can't remember if it was a two or three. So I'll just say a bucket. Um, and then we had the ball. a chance to kind of wind the clock down. And I think Lexi Bargesser turned it over, you know, down by the Iowa bench. And now we give it back to them. And then Clark hits the three, which I know was a three at the end of the half. And now you're down 43, 37. So instead of having an opportunity, again, to close out the half with maybe a lead with everything that had gone on, they, they were still battling. They had eight turnovers before Lexi turned it over. So they had eight turnovers already in the first half. We're shooting a little bit better but they had a chance maybe to grab a lead or only be down a one, maybe two points at the half. And again, I know six doesn't sound like a lot, but the momentum just all kind of, to me, swung, especially at the end of the half there. And that, that's, that's, to me, is a pivotal, a pivotal play there.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, I wrote down a couple of pivotal plays in the second quarter where I thought they might get to be pivotal and one turned out to be pivotal and one didn't. So at the 7.05 mark, that's when Caitlin Clark in the second quarter second quarter not the first actually hit her first three and i wrote down does that get her going Right after that, she hit her second three, and and then she was off to the races. Um, that same quarter, um, on the flip side of it, I wrote down something similar, 459. Sydney got our, um, our second three as a team, and I said, now can we get it going? And we just couldn't. And so I think we had kind of two contrasting stories there. One, where Iowa really got it going, and two, where we just really couldn't get it going. And this was another example similar to back in Stanford, where our, just, our and out, yeah, outside shooting just wasn't there. And, you know, Jeff, I know you and I were talking about it before the game or before our show started. We just seem to be a team of two extremes with our three-point shooting. We have tonight where we couldn't shoot at all. And then we had Nebraska where we couldn't seem to miss it all. And and so um, to me, it, I think that we just need to find some kind of consistency. And it doesn't have to be to one extreme or to another, but a consistency that seems to be something we can maintain um, on the road um, which we did at Nebraska. So I, I, you know, um, this is a very different environment and than, than what we got in Nebraska, but the Nebraska crowd, I was at that game and that Nebraska crowd wasn't bad. Right. I mean, I think, mm-hmm. you know, they were close to sold out for their arena, which was around a little over 9,000 people. So it wasn't a bad crowd and they were into it at the beginning of that game too. So I don't think it was the atmosphere per se. Um, it just wasn't our night. And I think we'll have those. Um, can I talk oh. to you maybe just about, uh, a couple of coaching questions. So, um, tonight where we expected really to see Hannah Stalke pay, played the bulk on, um, uh, Caitlin, or uh, McKenzie Holmes. I, I didn't feel like she was actually in there. She only played 23 games, but instead, um, you know, they, they were really playing, um, what was the other lady's name um they played
0: Goodman and O'Grady about 16 minutes combined
1: combined that was it Goodman yes that's who I was looking for thank you um do you I do you think that was because they didn't feel that um uh Iowa was really or or excuse me that Stolke wasn't able to guard Holmes and that um um they were doing kind of a better job on bodying her up I didn't feel like they really slowed her down, but it felt like they did a little bit. But what are your thoughts on why we didn't see Stulky play more?
0: I think it was a little bit of both. I think they, I don't think they felt that Stalky could handle her. And with the way that McKenzie kind of got off, I think they just wanted to get a bigger body on him. And I think they also were worried that McKenzie might draw Stalky into foul trouble. If you look at, um did you know you look at Goodman and O'Grady combined they had four fouls so you know if Stokey plays more of the minutes then maybe she would have been but it, I don't think it would have mattered much tonight Kathy in terms of how much Stokey played and how much she guarded McKenzie in terms of the overall result but I think they were trying to you know to keep her out there but um but I also we've seen this a little bit you know Stokey uh, she only had five points, but you know, she's had a decent season for them, but I've watched them a couple times I've watched them before this, where she's at times been very, um, very kind of, I won't say invisible, but she's not been the focal point of the offense. And, and of course they not going to be a Caitlin Clark, but she's not the second or third option sometimes.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. Um, and then the. The second general overarching question as a coach, and this may be way, I mean, it's not specific to this game. I've seen this a lot, but I I saw this in our private chat in the Discord and a question from people, why Iowa was keeping their starters in so late into the game when they had such a big lead. And I had heard somewhere, so you tell me if there's any validity to this, I had heard somewhere that um, the coach that is winning will not take out the bulk of their starters until the other team does showing that they've given up and i kind of saw that tonight that we didn't see i would take out their starters until we started taking out ours so is there validity to that or is it just kind of a theory i heard that kind of thrown out there
0: yeah there's there's some validity that there are some coaches like that and there are some coaches who understand that you know and again the college game may be a little different than the high school game because they're in high school game when you get down 15 20 points into the fourth quarter a lot of times you're like probably not making the run not unless you know you've got a really good team that for example but how many times in a high school game are you going to come back from 15 or 20 down in a quarter if you've gotten behind by that much in three quarters it's usually gonna take you more than one to dig it out so but yeah it's a legit philosophy and and that may have been what Lisa Bluter was doing um and, and with that, I can't speak too much to what her philosophy will be, um, but I, I think there was something to that tonight. I think, you know, um, the one thing that used to frustrate me because was when we would do things like that, where we would send our kids in, um, send our, send, you know, we were, I ran into a few coaches like this and I learned which ones they were and I made sure it didn't happen again. But like, if we were behind, or if we were beating somebody really big, twenty, twenty-five, and and I would send send my sub my my bench kids in, they would want to bring their starters back and press my bench kids, and then i of a you know, like make it look like it's going to be. I'm like, so i will be like, no, 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 we're not. We're you know, you're not going to make, you're not going to do that to my bench kids. So we, you know, one night, in fact, I did. I ended up running my starters back in because, and then and, and I had some of the other fans like, oh, what's going on? You know, you could yell at me from behind scores. like, what's going on? And I just looked down and shook my head, and like. In my hip my thought process would talk to your coach and ask him why he's pressing my bench kids you know, right. you know with his starters i brought his starters back in and wanted to press my bench kids but yeah i at least a bluder could have something to that i don't know how much that plays as a factor i i just think at the college level they got their rotations and they figure you know so you know you look even at like iowa tonight winning by 27 um they, they had, you know, they had a couple kids that only play, they had the one, two, three, four. So it looks like they, you know, they had a bunch of kids play, but they didn't get very many minutes. So four, four of them got, you know, eight minutes or less. So.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: You got any more pivotal plays? I don't think so. So let's head to the numbers here. <laughs>
1: Okay, well, we've talked quite a bit about numbers. So um, I've I've talked about turnovers a lot. um, So I'll just go ahead and start with that. So 15 to 13, um, 15 for us, 13 for Iowa. So while it sounds like it's pretty even, I think ours just came at really pivotal points. And also Iowa got more points off of those turnovers as well um, with 16. So I I just really think that... um, our turnovers came at just really inopportune times and it set the mood. In fact, I think Garzan had six of our 15 turnovers and she had at least two within the first, you know, few minutes of the, the first quarter. And then she opened up the, the second quarter with a travel as well, getting her third tra- um, turnover. And it just in general, I just didn't feel like Garzón had a good night. I know she ended up with 11 points, but it just seemed like a struggle for her. She wasn't quite there um, offensively other than she did finally get to 11 points, but it was on, four of nine shooting three of seven from three point which helps get that number up but it just wasn't an efficient night she only had one assist and um I thought defensively she wasn't quite there yet either so um those turnovers in particular I thought were really a killer for us in that game
0: yeah and it just and I'll go back to one that you mentioned a little bit talk about shooting in general second half first half First half, we were 16 for 29. They talk about tail two games. 16 of 29, we were shooting 55%. You and I were kind of having the conversation, you know, really we're not shooting that bad. But then here we come, here's the second half numbers: seven for 25, 28. Or, or, or excuse me, yeah, 28% on seven of twenty-five shooting. You're not gonna win on the road. I don't it, it, no matter even without the turnovers, you're not winning on the road in that environment in the league going seven for 25 in the second half. You, you have to be able to make some shots. And again, I know uh, the kids were trying. I thought the kids were giving effort. I thought they were trying. Did they execute very well? No, I didn't think they executed very well. And I think that's going to be a lot of the talk when they get back to Bloomington tomorrow or tonight, whenever I'll well, be tomorrow when they walk, probably go back into Cook Hall and look at the film and stuff. But they didn't execute. And Terry and talked about it. hmm <laughs> She talked about it if you were if you were able if you were able to watch the game. She talked about it in the one timeout where they had her mic'd up. They she talked about it in the interview. You know that they just you know we, like she said in the timeout, we're not making them guard us. We you know that that was in the first quarter, I think, and and just just execution lack tonight. I I'll be the first to admit that didn't execute, didn't really play with with a lot of focus. But I thought yeah, that the competitiveness was there. Whereas in the Stanford game, I did question their effort a little bit. I will admit that. I'll go back to that Stanford mm-hmm. game. Like I was very disappointed in the effort. Tonight it got the effort wasn't so much. Execution was poor, the turnovers were bad, the shooting was bad, and it and they just steamrolled on them.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, especially in the first half, I, I thought the effort was really there now. I think it kind of, you know, slacked off in the fourth quarter. Not not surprisingly, right? I think they were pretty deflated at that point. They knew that um, was probably going to be too much for them to handle. And in fact, you know, I think they were leading the rebounding battle up until or pretty close to that second or fourth quarter they were definitely winning at halftime by one 19 to 18 um and then in the second half they got out rebounded here um just by 18 to to um is that right yeah sorry um they got out rebounded by 10 in the fourth quarter alone so Mm um yeah, I think the effort was there tonight. And to me, I think even though overall they got out-rebounded, I thought they were actually looked better on the re- rebounding. And, you know, Iowa, in fact, only had four second-chance points, which is something we were really um, concerned about. You know, Iowa was the number one leading rebounding team in the Big Ten coming into this. And even though it looks lopsided by nine right now the margin i i really thought that they played pretty well on the glass um rebounding wise and again until that fourth quarter when i think things just really got out of control so if you look at the box score i don't think it tells the tale of rebounding but what are your thoughts on the rebounding tonight
0: i thought they did better they only ended up giving up eight offensive rebounds and that we talked about, it, I think, in the first half and maybe middle of the second quarter, Iowa already had four. So they got a little better in terms of what they gave up on the defense rebounding. Getting beat by nine on the glass, though, is still a concern. But, like, looking at some of the workaholic comments here, I, I, I do agree. I think there's a lot from this game that you go back, as I was saying just a second ago, whether it's rebounding, the turnovers, the execution. Uh, is is something they're going to be able to learn from. And they get Iowa again back in in Bloomington, you know. That's the thing. This is not just the only time we're playing them. You know, learn from it. I, do I want to lose by 27? No. But the you know, but the sky isn't falling. We're 14 and 2. We're we're 5 and 1 in the league. We're second place. And you lost on the road in a game that I think we all thought was going to be a loss when we went through the preseason schedule. So I don't think there's anything here other than losing by 27. But um, I thought rebounding wise, they one thing I thought they really were locked in defensively rebounding on the first few possessions. They had such yeah. good blockouts; the ball was hitting the floor. I was like, that's right. an old fashioned rebounding drill. <laughs> you know? Yes, yeah,
1: yeah. I had no no issues really with the rebounding tonight. I thought they looked much better and focused on the the defensive end. And like I said, I only had four second chance points, so I think that that had a lot to say with it. Um, what other numbers did you want to talk about? Um.
0: Well, kind of combined, you know, that is for two teams in a game that I thought there was, there was quite a few, I thought it was physical. And I felt like there were more fouls called than obviously there were, but both teams combined only shot 21 free throws. Iowa was nine for 10 Indiana though, only six for 11. So they did have the, the officials did let them to a certain degree kind of play. They, they didn't put both teams, you know, there were not a ton of free throw shot. Um, it just, it, unfortunately, you know, we it, the free throws weren't the difference tonight. You know, six out of 11 isn't making the difference in a 27 point game, but um, we just you know, it, it just it kind of went back to the turnovers, though. We just couldn't handle you know that part of it. I wanted to comment on the free throws real quick, and then obviously, um, I don't have the stats in front of me, Kathy, but other than the Stanford game, I can't imagine when there's a game this year where we had a, a single digit quarter like we did tonight. For the fourth quarter we only scored nine points and maybe right. maybe the stanford game be the only one i can imagine we had a quarter so it just tells you a little bit about how the offense just really went to it, it, the execution and the lack the lack of execution and the and and the lack of hitting shots really showed up in the fourth quarter because i can't remember another game outside like i said maybe the stanford game where we had a single digit quarter
1: yeah, I agree. I mean, really, the tale of the game, again, we talked about turnovers. Um, their points off turnovers was 16. We talked about um, the defense. They gave up 84 points. Um, the biggest thing was 15 threes versus five. And to me, I mean, that's a huge deficit when you it's have plus 30. more – Yeah, that's 30 right there by itself. And so you take that away, even cut it a little bit in half. You know, this could have been more of a game. Um, Yeah, to your point with the fouls, I, I, you know, I didn't think the refs were really all that fantastic tonight, but I thought they were evenly terrible on both sides of it. Um, I mean, both Caitlin Clark and Chloe Moore Neal ended up with four personal fouls, so. I guess we can't complain too much because both of, you know, both of them going at each other, I guess. Well, I guess Kate and Clark wasn't guarding Chloe, but Chloe was definitely guarding Caitlin for a good chunk of it. And that fourth, fourth uh, foul on Chloe, I thought was a little suspect, but otherwise wow. they were equally pretty bad.
0: And I'm not trying to be, you know, I, I, one thing we've always tried to pride ourselves on this is to give reasonable analysis and, and, and not just, you know, kind of hyperbole, but I just felt like tonight I felt there were, you know, Chloe had a little foul trouble. I know she can't play 40 minutes, but I just thought, I felt like Lexi really struggled to guard Caitlin Clark when she was in the game. And yeah, she really did. That, 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 you know, that's a tough assignment for a kid like Lexi sophomore who's coming off the bench. Um, But yeah, I, I agree. There was that call on Chloe. Um, as well, but yeah, yeah I didn't they think called it the Mac.
1: Fish- you know, got the ball with her hands, but they called it a
0: kickball. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but at the end of the day, that wasn't the reason they shot ten more three or made made ten more three pointers than us. Not shot, made made three ten more. I mean, really, that was the color. Um, oh. Our just perimeter defense again, like you'd mentioned. I really agree with you. I think we're just for whatever reason overhelping when um, down in the paint, and, and I'm not quite sure because you know we have our you know reigning Big Ten defensive player of the year down in the paint, so I'm not quite sure why we're worried on that. And I didn't think um I what has hurt us in the past is actually you know people driving and then kicking it out and I didn't really feel that was going on either it just didn't feel like we were um uh guarding some of those defensive uh our perimeter very well it, we were just helping down the paint maybe two or three you know of our defenders were getting down the paint and leaving their really excellent shooters wide open so mm-hmm. I I think that was the key to the game to me tonight of what what made us lost and then compounded again turnovers so
0: yep so let's move on to the, the game ball. And I'll let you go first, Kathy, here on the game ball. And she's going to throw up the uh, the scroll here for those of you who are watching on the live YouTube feed. Uh, Mackenzie Holmes currently with five to lead the way. And then Sarah with four, Sydney three, and Yarden with three. So those are our ones with game balls. So Kathy, yeah. I'm going to let you go first.
1: Um. Yeah, you know what? I I think I'm going to give my game ball here to Mackenzie Holmes. You know, she had a, a very rough night down low in terms of shooting compared to what we're used to her seeing. Six of 13, but she still ended up with 16 points um, and seven rebounds and four assists. The other thing for Mackenzie is that, you know, um, I think she had only two fouls as well. And I thought she was actually playing really well defensively. So overall, I thought Mackenzie had probably the best game of anyone on the team in terms of both ends of the court. So for me, McKenzie um, gets my my
0: game ball. I mean, we're going to make that unanimous. And I'm just going to throw in there. She also had two blocks, and yes. uh, two blocks and a steal. So we're going to make that unanimous. So McKenzie McKenzie Holmes will pick up her sixth game ball of the year. And Kathy, so as easy as that was, because I really didn't feel like there were anybody else that you could talk about. No, no. Now, g- now really? for the Grace Berger Hardest Worker Award, we may have a couple people to talk about here, but we'll go with the scroll here real quick for those watching on the live YouTube feed. Uh, Sydney Parrish right now is leading the way, along with Mackenzie Holmes with four. Chloe Moore McNeil, Lexi Bargesser each have two, and then Lene Beaumont and Lily Meister each with one. And since I'm running the the the, co- the I'm running the host role tonight, and Kathy's playing producer, we're going to let her go first.
1: I <laughs> get to go first. Yeah, this is way tougher, right? I mean, you can't just look at points. Um, You have Sydney Parish and Yardin Garzon with 11 each. Um, Chloe Moore McNeil put up nine and six assists, um, but had four personal fouls, um, but no turnovers. So that was good. Um, Sarah Scalia, I don't even know that we, I mean, we didn't really touch on her a whole lot, but this was not a game for Sarah. She ended up zero for four from three point land, only three of 10 from the field goal range, um, for Hmm. her six points and and no free throws at all, no assists. So this was just not Sarah's game at all. So, you know, she disappeared. She really disappeared on us. I mean, in in total, you know, at least there have been other games, you know, before I know we're talking about the Grace Burgers hardest workers, there have been other games where Sarah has struggled shooting her three, but she's found other ways to impact the game, right? Assists or um, really strong defense. I didn't really see much of that from her tonight at all. In fairness to to her,
0: I'm not going to write, but I'll just say in fairness to her, she did have nine rebounds. But other than that, that was the only time I heard her, I really felt like her name was called.
1: Yeah, that's true. She did lead the team in rebounds, So, you know, she, she, um, she did at least contribute there to, to my point earlier, I felt we were rebounding hardler though. So. um, so to me, I think it came down to Sydney Parrish and Chloe Moore McNeil. Um, and I finally landed on Chloe Moore McNeil in my head. Um, she had nine points, um, and six assists for us. And even though she had four turnovers, I, excuse me, four fouls, she had no turnovers too, but four fouls, she would have, you know, the toughest by far any defensive assignment that anyone's going to have with Caitlin Clark. Um, and I thought she did an admirable job, especially, you know, kind of slowing her down towards the beginning of that. That Well, the first quarter, Caitlin didn't make any three-pointers at all. So I'm giving my um, Grace Berger Hardest Worker award to Chloe Moore McNeil. I thought she just did a nice job for us, especially at the beginning of the game where she was really um, driving offensively. I think that she scored our first five points. She got a three and then drove to the basket for two. So she got, if not her first five, she had five of our first points. So for me, it was Chloe.
0: Yeah, I, I can see how you would go that way. So we're gonna need some help in the workaholics here. Um, I, I'm gonna go with Sydney. Uh Sydney on the night where again she only had eight shots, but she made half of them. She was four for eight. She only mm-hmm. one for four from three, but she was also she two for two at the line. Again, limited opportunities, but at least she hit her two free yeah, throws. She, she I agree. She yeah, and and I agree. Uh, but she had six rebounds. Um, and now she didn't have any assists. So this is kind of where you kind of get back here, but she had five steals tonight. Uh, and a block so you know i, I was kind of looking at that and her and chloe kind of like mm, kind of toss up chloe a couple less points but she had those assists but she chloe didn't have any turnover or turnovers but she didn't have any rebounds either so i came down on sydney mainly because of the of the rebounds and the steals that she provided but it looks like to me the workaholics here have, yeah. know, are kind of speaking with the, the, for chloe so um we'll go with chloe as the uh, grace Berger hardest worker Because again, I just thought Sid was one that uh, I was going to go with, but that's what the beauty of this show is, is that we get some difference of opinion and we have some of our friends of the workaholics help us out.
1: Yeah, and that was, you know, I can see it going either way. The way it swung it for me, for Chloe in particular, was her defense, at least in the first half on on Caitlin Clark. I know, again, Caitlin ended up putting 30 up, and, and people will probably wonder about that. But I think it would have been maybe um, different if the, the game was going a little differently. But I thought Chloe came out on fire and very focused on that defensive end. And the six assists I thought were really great. So
0: real, real quick before we get out of here, Kathy, I want to get your thoughts on this because we were talking about this a little bit in in the chat or not the chat well, on the discord a little bit too and 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 on you know our text back and forth it, it just was one of those nights when you're going to win in the league on a game like this I felt like Chloe and Sydney and Mac looked focused like you said at the beginning I thought they really looked focused yes. Yarden and Sarah did not seem to have that same focus now maybe they did and it just didn't appear that way on tv but they both struggled. Both those people, both those players struggled into the pretty much till halftime. It's just hard yeah. to win, isn't it? When you go on the road in that environment against a team like that, when two of your five starters really didn't help much, at least in the first half.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then on top of it, you know, we didn't have anyone that come in off our bench. So, you know, it, it, the thing with Iowa, they had you know, Stalky wasn't giving it to them. And so they had Goodman and O'Grady that could come in and help her. Well, who did we have? Sarah Scal- Scalia wasn't doing anything for us. Um, so they were trying um her, and it's just not there for her yet. I think she's so much more improved than, than last year, but as a sophomore, it wasn't there for her tonight. She did end up scoring four points, but you know, our bench gave us really very little to, to, to talk about other than, four points from Lexi Vargas there. She had one assist. Um, other than that, Lene Beaumont had one rebound in the bench beside that they fouled, right? Yeah. There was nothing else um, that we could really talk about with our bench tonight either. It just was, you know, um, honestly, as much as it pains me to say it, I think Iowa had the deeper and more talented team tonight on top of everything else. Yeah. You know, we hurt ourselves, but I really do think they had the more talented team than we did.
0: They played better tonight. I don't know about the yeah. more talented, but they played better tonight with all of their players than ours did. You know, and, and, Their you know, talent
1: showed up more than our talent. How about Very, that? Good.
0: Great very good. Great way of putting it. Great way of putting it. Because I just think that, you know, when we look at it from the standpoint, um, it, it we'll go back. And again, I can understand why Coach Warren did this, but other than Lexi, nobody really got minutes off the bench. And Lily had nine and she got nine minutes, but Lene had five, Jules too. I mean, that really – and then Hannah got in right at the end. But other yeah, than that, I mean, it really was minutes. limited minutes again on the bench. And I can get that. You know, it was a tough environment. I'm not sure that Lene and Jules, you know, in a game where you're – especially once you got behind by double digits, it's probably not a game to get those two freshmen in there and say, hey, why don't you go out there and see if you can make something happen. Probably not fair right. to them. But, um, But, yeah, it just, you know – just one of those nights. And and again, we've talked about the bench, but like you said, even if the bench isn't scoring, they got to find a way to put some stats there. They got to get some rebounds. They got to get a few assists, do something besides just foul.
1: Yeah. You know, so, looking ahead and way ahead, I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens with both of these teams in the offseason. Um, I think there could be a bit of roster shifting that we're going to see on both sides of it. So I think these are two teams next year that may look very different than what we saw tonight, too. But tonight was definitely I was night.
0: So um, do you want to talk Mac
1: real quick? Yep, you go ahead.
0: You, you've been doing the Mac watch. So bring us up yeah. to date on Mac watch.
1: Okay. So Mackenzie had ended up with 16 points tonight. Um, and she had seven rebounds and two block shots. So that takes her, um, total in terms of points up to 2,209 points. So that puts her 155 behind first place. So based on the, um, 12 regular season games that we have left, that is a 12.9 or say a 13 point average that she needs to maintain to take over first place. Um, in terms of the other ones we've kind of been watching, um, she's inching up on the rebounding list. So she is currently in um, sixth place and to get to fifth place, she needs 35 more rebounds. So that one looks within reach for her as well. So that is where we're at with the McKinsey watch.
0: And so coming up next, the Indiana Hoosiers will be playing the Minnesota Golden Gophers on Wednesday, January 17th. Uh, That game is at 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 Central, and it will be on Peacock, all right, for those of you who – uh, trying to strug- struggle <laughs> and who are struggling to keep up with what network you're on. You know, people yes. are struggling. Being, be, being the Dolphins fan that I am, I'm keeping a peak of the eye on there right now, Peacock, but all the Dolphin fans were complaining about having to watch an NFL playoff game on Peacock, um, peacock. tonight. And so I was like, so the, the, I felt like putting out there like you ought to be a big 10 basketball fan, you know, and try to find out where your game is. But uh, Minnesota, by the way, uh, currently number 35 in the net. Minnesota leads the all-time series 37-34. Uh, Indiana won last year up in Minneapolis, 77-54. They've won nine of the last 10, including the last six. Minnesota will come into town with a 12-3 and record, at least at this point, two and 2-2 two in the conference. They play at in Minneapolis against Nebraska tomorrow, so we'll kind of update that. But they, as far as we know right now, they're 12-3, two and 2-2. Two. and uh, They've got losses to UConn, who's number four in the net. Uh, back in November in Minneapolis, 62 44. They lost to Iowa at Iowa, 94 71. And then they lost at Maryland, who's number 31 in the net, 72 64. So their three losses are, are, are solid losses in terms of the net. Uh, They've beat Stony Brook, number 63, 67 54 at home, beat, beat Drake, number 70 in the net. We're talking here, 94 88 in double overtime at home, beat Purdue, who's number 77, 60 58 and Michigan, number 41, which probably right now may be their best win is For the sure. game against Michigan because they just beat Michigan in Ann Arbor the other night, 82-66. So, Kathy, why don't you talk about their team and their personnel a little bit?
1: Yeah, so they are um, coached by Dawn, Um – I'm going to butcher her name Pl- – Pulitzu White, do you know? Is that right? I think Plitz- it's Pulitzu
0: but don't quote me. I'm not sure either.
1: Okay. That sounds good. We'll say white Sorry, Don, if we are- Coach Don. Coach Don. This is her first season with the Minnesota Gophers. Interesting. She was at West Virginia last year, but only one year at West Virginia. But she did take them to the tourney um, last year. Um, Before that, she was at South Dakota um, from 2016 through 2022. When she was at South Dakota, her record as their head coach was 158 and 36. So really quite a respectable record. Um, As a team, they are shooting 78 point or, excuse me, scoring 28 point. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) They are scoring 78.6 points per game, which is seventh in the conference, but they're only giving up 59 points per game, which is second in the conference. Um, That second in the conference is actually ahead of us um, defensively, and that's probably going to be worse after tonight's night. Um, In terms of um, shooting percentages, they shoot um, 44% from field goal range, which is eighth, 35% from three-point, which is only seventh, but they tend to attempt at least 24 games. 24 threes per game um, free throws are actually really bad. They're are 69.8%, which is last in the league um, for um, turnover margin. They're actually third in the league and are um, at a plus five re- um, turnover margin. Um, they are also a plus seven, eight, 7.8 rebounding margin, which is good for fourth. And then in terms of attendance, they're used to playing in front of about 4,000 people.
0: Real quick before you move on you to some to of the personnel. No, I'll let you talk yeah. about the individual. A bit. I just want to talk about Coach Dawn here because nice job by her. Lindsay Whalen, okay. who had been the All-American at player at Minnesota, was the legend of Minnesota, had been coaching them in the last several years, and really had really struggled with it. And, they, and I don't want to say pushed out, but they made a re- coaching change and kind of to push Lindsay out, which I know there had to be up there had to be some, some tough moves there because again, you're talking about somebody who played at Minnesota had taken them to a final four, you know, and had a Mm pre-stellar pro career, but it just wasn't working out. So they bring in coach Dawn and she's had success where she's been, especially at South Dakota. And so it's just interesting to see how a lot of that personnel was with Lindsay Whalen last year that you're going to talk about here And now, this year, where they struggled record wise. And now, this year, she's got them playing just again, sometimes mindset, somebody's just a different voice. But here they are 12 and three, two and two in the league. So go ahead with their, with their, uh, but I wanted to point that out just that sometimes regime change, even though it's the same players, it can be night and day. And you're seeing that with Minnesota a little bit, but I'll let you talk about their personnel.
1: Sure. Okay. So um, in terms of probably the, the leader um, in terms of scoring is for for sure uh, Mara Brown. She's a six six foot sophomore guard. She is averaging 19 seven points per game, which is third in the league. Um, she is also getting four rebounds per game, which is 11th in the league. In terms of shooting, she shoots 43%. From um, field goal percentage, it was 16th, but she shoots 39.4 three-point percentage, which is ninth in the lead, and she tends to make around three-and-a-half threes per game, which is actually second behind Caitlin Clark, so she she makes them at a high clip, and also um, you don't want to foul her because she is first in the league with 94% free-throw shooting, Um, and last year she did make the all-Big Ten freshman team. Um, Download, they have Mallory Hire, um, which is, she's only 6'1", but she's a sophomore, but she averages 10 points per game, but she averages eight rebounds per game, which puts her fifth in the league, um, which is actually ahead of McKinsey Holmes, in case anyone was curious where uh, McKinsey lands on that list. Um, she shoots 39.5% from three-point range as well, which is eighth in the league. Um, so far, as a freshman, she has started all 30 games, and she, or excuse me, last year as a soft freshman. Where she was averaging ten points per game and seven rebounds per game. So I think Mallory Hire is another one to to kind of look on. Um, the other one is a freshman. They have um, her name is Grace um, Grochagly. She's a five ten freshman. They list her as a guard slash forward. She is currently averaging eleven points per game, shooting thirty five percent from three, which is tenth in the league. And she tends to make around two to three um, at least two to three threes per game, which is eighth in the league. Um, she was the ninety eighth recruit overall coming out of high school. And she is number two, the number two recruit from Wisconsin. Um, The other two few starters that they have also average in double figures, Amaya Battle at 10.4 and Sophie Hart at 10.3. So really they, they can put up some points. They have four of their five starters getting, you know, double digits and Mallory Hire is right there at 9.9. So um, really can put up some points in a hurry. So that makes me wonder, you know, what their bench kind of can do. So um, maybe not quite as deep, but I definitely, their starters are all very capable of putting up some points.
0: But young too. I mean, we don't. I didn't see the numbers, the grades on battle and hard. And kudos to to uh, uh, Kathy for putting the run sheet almost entirely together by herself last night. But Mara Braun, sophomore; Mallory Hire, sophomore; grochoki is a freshman. I mean, they're young. So they don't necessarily, at this point, they may still be getting by on just that attitude. We don't know the difference. You know, we're just like, hey, you know, just put us out there and let us play. Um, But they also, at that kind of young, you know, she may be relying on them a lot. I'd be interested to see what some of their minutes look like. How many minutes their starters are playing in, you know, every game. Because I get a feeling that I'm kind of with you, Kathy. I'm not sure the bench is doing a whole lot when their five starters are basically right at about all at a you know, at or better yeah. than double figures. So, um, but, so it makes me wonder how many minutes they're playing. Is she riding those five a, a lot kind of the yeah. way we have in the past at times, we have. you know, but yeah. You know, I mean,
1: when I add up their averages, they're averaging 70 points of their 80 um, or yeah. 85. So, you know, they're, they're definitely putting up most of their points, at least on an average basis. So. Yeah. So, um, I haven't watched um, it in Minnesota though, this year. So no. um, just a couple glimpses here and there. So I don't know a whole lot other than looking at their stats and kind of surmising what there is, um, you know, based again, on kind of some of the height that I saw at the roster, it didn't seem like height wise, they might give us a whole lot of trouble, which makes me a little concerned again about some of the times if they have any of those athletic guards that can really drive on us. Um, I don't know if that's what they have or not, but uh, that's something to kind of watch on. But You know, again, I think they really rely on the three. That's what it kind of seems like to me. So hopefully, our perimeter defense kind of gets locked in when we um, come and play them. Or they, excuse me, this is the home game when they come and play us on Wednesday for our 99th episode that I'll miss.
0: <laughs> yeah, again, we remind you Coach Tonsoni will be joining with me on on Tuesday, on Wednesday night uh, for that. Um, I'm not going to go through our numbers here real quick, just because, you know, we didn't have a chance to update them after this game. But just, yeah. you know, aren't you know, big numbers here for Indiana is that they still tend, they're still basically top half of the league in scoring top third of the top quarter of the league and scoring defense, you know, so they're, they're still basically right where they'll go. They're going to be. I think the one thing I'll be arrested to look at come tomorrow or Monday when I start putting the run seat sheet together for Wednesday, um, what's the rebounding margin. Cause coming into the night, we were seventh in the league at plus 3.7, but we got out rebounded by nine. Yes. Yeah, so we got mm-hmm. out rebounded. So that's going to go down slightly um, with that. So qu- quickly, Ken. let's go around the league. Um, Wisconsin yesterday went to Michigan, Michigan, the kind of the Jekyll and Hyde of the big 10 right now. Um, no, that game was yesterday. Michigan 76, 52 win over Wisconsin. Um, or no, that was today. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Today is Saturday. I'm thinking today is Sunday. I'm sorry. Today is today. Sorry. Sorry is today. But again, Michigan, the Jekyll and Hyde of the league tomorrow, a couple games to keep an eye on. I'll get your thoughts about this. First of all, let's go first. Uh, I missed this when it was announced, but I guess that Purdue Maryland game being has been rescheduled Mm -hmm. for tomorrow. That's right.
1: Yeah. And yeah. So big, for those of you who missed it, Maryland, um, they were having quite a bit of rain and, and storms on the East Coast there. Maryland got a leak in their their gym. And so that game, I believe, was rescheduled. Right. Isn't yep. that why that one was rescheduled? Yeah. So that's coming up tomorrow. Um, and then Nebraska is. Well, no, I to- want
0: to get your thoughts on that game about Purdue oh. and Maryland. Sorry. Yeah. I think it's a big game because whoever loses I that has care. three losses in the league.
1: That's right. Yeah. Um. I was just gonna pull up the standings here too, because my memory is not as good as yours. <laughs> so, um. Yeah. So they're they have three losses. Is that what you said?
0: No. I said they both have two losses. Right. They right. Okay. So this would
1: be their third. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I need to pull it up. So um. No, I should have fine. had that done before we started. No, you're so, fine. But
0: I'm just saying. To yeah. me, they both have two losses. So whoever loses yep, that game, two- it really puts them in a bind.
1: Yeah. So um. Yeah. Purdue has got two losses and Maryland's got two losses. So both two and two, and they're just really bunched up right in the middle of the league there. So Mm -hmm. um, we have Michigan state also um, and Minnesota um, both with two and two as well. So yeah, I think this, you know, you start to think that Maryland might make some separation in this game, um, but I'm not quite sure what Maryland team we're, we ever get from game to game anymore. I think that's kind of what we're seeing with um, the Michigan team as well this year. So I, I think that Maryland comes out on top just being at home. Um, and Purdue has shown signs to me that maybe they're not quite as good. But there again, they pulled out some games where I, I wasn't quite sure if they would or not. But I think on the road, Maryland's or at home, Maryland's going to win this game.
0: And then you get to, you also tomorrow have Nebraska at Minnesota and we kind of picked hit this one already a little bit because we said about Minnesota yeah. playing tomorrow. But to me, this is when we find out a little bit about Nebraska is, you know, because Nebraska has played well at home in Lincoln here over the last few years. Can they go now, Minnesota, we're not quite sure whether they're really pretender or contender, but can, can Nebraska go on the road to Minnesota and get out of there with a win?
1: Yeah. And that's a big game too, for Nebraska. I mean, they only have the one loss when we beat them right. on Sunday. And so, you know, that's a big game for them. And you know, that we've keep saying, sneak a few on the road and then defend home. And for the most part, other than our one loss, they've actually done both, you know, they've been branding on the road as well. Um, Minnesota being two and two, but they had some really good games early on that makes us wonder about them. So I think this game might actually really be close, but do you have a prediction on this game? Um, I think Minnesota at home, but I really yeah, don't Minnesota. know. I wouldn't put any money on it.
0: <laughs> no, I'm not sure I really would either, but I'm going to take Nebraska here. I, I really like that team, and I think, you know, Markowski especially. We'll see what happens on the road, but I really like Markowski. I think you can play through Markowski, yeah. and then I think they got to find a way to get Jazz Shelley going. I forget the freshman's name we talked about in in the with Nebraska, but she's got a chance to, again, do some nice stuff. But I, I think they got to find a way to get Jazz Shelley going. She struggled the last couple of games that I've seen, anyway, um, with with shooting and scoring. When she's a, she's an All Big Ten caliber player. Um, but I'm going to go with Nebraska, and they, I really like that team. I think Nebraska is going to be that team that I think I think is going to end up being in the top four in the league. I think they're going to be the one that kind of displaces Maryland this year.
1: Yeah, I, but, I wouldn't. That wouldn't surprise me at all either. Like and, I said, I, I'm not putting any money in anytime soon on that game.
0: <laughs> and then this one is Michigan state at Ohio state, Kathy, big game. Because again, we've seen, we think Michigan state's pretty legit as a content, you know, at least to get into the tournament, maybe yeah. make some noise, but they, you know, for Ohio state now, they've already got a loss in the league. They went up to loss and they lost to Michigan can't afford to lose at home. And, but Michigan state's capable if they're playing well yeah. to give Ohio state a game and Ohio state's already, what I was getting ready to say was, two losses in the league is going to be really tough because I'm not sure Iowa and Indiana are going to let, lose much more than two, maybe three games anyway.
1: Yeah, I, I think so too. I think, um, you know, Michigan State, they did come into Iowa and put, you know, in an almost almost winning that game with a Caitlin. <laughs> Played Ford them better. Buzzer. We did. Yeah way better than we did for sure. Um, But Ohio State is, you know, they were put on the wire against Penn State at home too. And so I think this is going to be another really interesting game tomorrow to watch. Um, Ultimately, I I think Ohio State pulls it out, but I think it's going to be a highly competitive game. And I think that's probably the one, um, if I can, I'm going to try to tune into if I um, have a chance to tune into it.
0: So, um, I threw the Wisconsin Iowa game on Tuesday on there thinking we would win today and that, that Iowa, you know, see how I would bounce back, but we're going to, we're going to, we are we do not imagine Wisconsin Iowa on Tuesday now is going to be anything worth talking about. So Kathy, let's take it over to final thoughts. I'll let you go first.
1: Yeah, you know, I think this was, this was not a fun night for anybody involved for Indiana women's basketball, for sure. We know that wasn't fun for the players and the coaches. It wasn't fun for us as fans to, to watch, but, you know, I think we have to also sit back and look at the bigger picture. This is still a program who has come very far in the last, you know, four or five years, especially under the whole 10 years with um, Terry Moran, where, you know, before they were just absolutely ecstatic to get into NIT. And now we're talking about, you know, we're we're not happy if we're a number three seed or we only have one loss in the conference and the, you know, the sky is falling kind of situation where I don't think this is. Um was this their best performance? No. Um was it embarrassing? Absolutely not. And I hope no one is out there saying this is this is embarrassing or this was a terrible loss. I really don't. It's just that we got in and we just were completely outmatched in a game where the you know Our travel schedule got messed up. There's a lot of things going against us and it just wasn't our night shooting and and it wasn't our night defensively locked in. I think it's something that hopefully they take back and learn from um, similar to what we saw after the Stanford game. You know, the Stanford game was uh, there. I just didn't think they were locked in or put up the effort from day or from minute one. I didn't think that was the case tonight, but again, this was only our second loss in the game or the year it's January 13th and the the sky is absolutely not falling. And I absolutely expect that we'll bounce back. And when we come back on Wednesday and talk about that game, we're talking about a very um, different
0: post game show there. I certainly hope so. My final thoughts kind of echo Kathy's. Really, just you know, and and it really per se not embarrassing. Was well, it disappointing? Yeah, you were hoping yeah. they would go in there and get the win. You were hoping and make it you know at least be like last year went down to the wire. I think the one thing that this team is still struggling with, and you know, we don't sit call lingering questions here on doing the work, but I think the thing that they're 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 struggling with is in a situation. McKenzie's their. I think everybody recognizes McKenzie's their best player. But in a game like that, where you, what you really need is a guard. And I hate to make it come back to make it sound like it's just Grace Berger, but I mean, obviously we got used to Grace Berger being that player, but they need a guard. And, and, and I thought Chloe's been showing some glimpses of it, but you need a guard because they're going to be the one with the balls in their hands. What's what, so Chloe, a Sarah, uh, even to a certain degree, a Sydney Yarden, possibly, but it's somebody who can just say, get me the ball. And I'm going to go make something happen, not necessarily force up a shot, not necessarily a just score for themselves, but get the ball to the right spot. That person with some basketball IQ um, and 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 do that. And I think that's what they're struggling with right now. So when they get in a game like this against Iowa, where the ball, the, where it kind of snowballs on them. And, and get starts getting away from them. they don't have that player or at least they don't recognize who that player yet or, or that player hasn't stepped up yet so to me that's going to be kind of the interesting thing going forward as we go into some of these games in the big 10 and as we head toward the tournament you know can you find can you find that player do the players find is there somebody that they'll be like hey you can do this you because i think it has to almost be a team type thing they got you got to get three or four of them who'll be like you've got to go and you know we we trust you to do this be that player you want you know especially for somebody who was around for two three years with grace you know like you saw her do it can't you know we we trust you be that player um but right now i think they're struggling with that so that's kind of my final thoughts as well but again i think those are things that get they get magnified in a game like this when you're winning when you're winning they're not as, as big as big an issue
1: yep agreed
0: All right, so some Bob Thompson music there for us. We will return on Wednesday, January 17th, after the Minnesota game, approximately 10 Eastern, 9 Central. I hope it warms up by then. Um, special, <laughs> yeah, <me too. laughs> I don't know about you, but here in Northwest Indiana, they're talking about wind chills over the next few days, about minus 25 on, you know. Is that it? Wind. We're supposed yeah, to be in it.
1: minus 40s, so. Wow. <laughs> we win. You win. We want to win that game. <laughs>
0: but we'll have a special guest with us for the first time on doing the work. Head coach, or the coach, Brian Tonsoni will be joining us for our 99th episode. Yeah, our 99th episode. That means only two more. Till we get to the 100th episode, and I'm going to throw it to Kathy here because Kathy's really done a lot of the work on this. She's the one kind of you know, we, we we started talking about this, and she's kind of got the idea for this. So, um, she's going to talk to you guys. I got a sneeze coming. She's going to talk to you guys about what we're doing for the 100th show, on the and that will be the post game show after the game a week from tomorrow, next Sunday, January 21st. Kathy, take it away.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So while um, Jeff is sneezing, sneezing his head off there, um, let's talk about that. So yeah, after the the Purdue game, we will be going live with our 100th episode. Um, when we do that, my husband, Sean, has been very grac- graciously um, voluntold that he is going to be keeping track of of anybody that comes and joins us in our live um, workaholics. So if you're following along on YouTube, there's the place that you can chat in the live chat. Um, We would like for you to make some kind of um, basketball comment about the game that you saw on on the television and and chat along with us. So it can't just be come in and say hi and leave. And then at the end of the show, so again, you have to stay through the whole show, be present to win. We will be doing, courtesy of the Back Home Network and the um, Home Field Apparel, you will get to have a chance for a random drawing for whoever did the chat um, to get a rant want home field apparel choice of anything that you want off of there. So there's no restriction of dollar amount. It doesn't have to be just a hat. You can go out and look at anything you want. Um, and we will help get that set up with um, Jared from Assembly Call, we'll be helping to execute that part of it. So be sure to come join us, um, um, save your. Um, save the date. It's a week from tomorrow on Sunday, the 21st. So make sure that you, you keep that on your calendar and make sure you join us for that.
0: Yeah. So thank you, Kathy, for, for providing all that and doing the work on that. You and you, you really kind of taking the point on that and worked with Jared to get that set up. So, so kudos to you as well. Also want to point out, assembly call will be on Tuesday after the Purdue game. And, and for sarcastic, for sarcastic Mike, who says I'm going to the Purdue game. Well, you got a phone. You got it. You know, there's YouTube on your phone. You, you know, yeah, join you us from your phone. Your Kathy's phone. done, Kathy's done, done it. it with us. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, but the Purdue uh, IU men' assembly call will be on Tuesday night at, uh, after the Purdue game. So if you want to see us do the show live and be a part of the live chat, make sure that you, sub- you subscribe to our YouTube channel. And That's YouTube.com/slash/at. That's the at symbol. Back Home Network. YouTube.com/slash. At Back Home Network. You can be part of our private community as well. Find out more at I at assemblycall.substack.com. And then special thanks to John Ringer of Rig Design for designing our logos. A big thank you to Bob Thompson for our music that you've heard throughout the broadcast. Uh, thank you guys all for listening. Uh, wherever you get your your podcast feed from, those of you who have joined us on the Workaholics night, we had a really good crowd in here. We had over 100 at one point here in the, in the Workaholics. And until then, uh, we'll talk to you on Wednesday night, Coach Tonsoni and I. Until then, keep your elbow in, your eyes on the rim, and go Hoosiers.
1: And cut. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) All right. Well, good. Yeah. Let's flush this one and move on again. There's nothing, nothing you can do, but learn, learn from it. So I'll be interested to hear coach Morin's um, take on it in her press conference. Um, when well, I can listen to that recording tomorrow. So
0: yeah. Our friend Ari was texting us a little bit as well, but it sounds like she was not very pleased, which I don't blame her. She should no, have been there wasn't much
1: um, to be pleased about, but
0: you know, there's some soul searching shit, you know, as I think the comment she made was that there's got to be some soul searching. And mm-hmm. I think she's more, you know, kind of referencing back that they're two you know road games that have been you know, the team, the two games that you probably would have marked at the beginning of the season, in most respects, as possible losses, they haven't played well. They they have not executed. The first game, as I said, I didn't think they played with great effort. I thought tonight effort was there. They just didn't execute. Um, but it'll be interesting yeah. to see how they come out. exactly.
1: On I, I didn't until the fourth quarter. They definitely yeah. seemed to kind of slack off a little bit in that fourth quarter. But again, like I understand that at that point, you know, it was probably an insurmountable lead, and it was deflating. And I, I you know they're human and I get it. It's, it was, it was demoralizing. And I can understand why they kind of backed off of it.
0: You know, one thing we didn't talk about, and I I know this isn't the Iowa post game show, but we talked a little bit about this and I would thought, you know, you look at Kate Martin, 10 points, 12 rebounds. You know, I didn't realize she put, she had 12 rebounds, you know, for, yeah. for somebody who was not rebounding a ton coming into tonight. Yeah. They got,
1: absolutely.
0: they got the games from their role players that we didn't get and we had to have exactly. those type of games.
1: And we've had them before. It just wasn't right. tonight. Right. right. So, um, yeah, they just had people step up and we just, I really thought our defense kind of slacked off a, a, quite a bit, especially the perimeter defense. It just didn't seem quite as locked in today. Um, I, I, I wonder about the travel, how much that kind of played into it. Um, yeah. I, I, but I, I'm sure travel had things to do with it, but it wasn't whatever the 24 points that we ended up losing. I still think it was the perimeter defense and, you know, 30 points, um, different margin for, for three point shooting that, that that's a killer. You can't, you can't overcome that.
0: Oh, oh, over helping on D three things we talked about throughout the broadcast yep. over on defense, poor shooting and turnovers all lead to a twenty. That's how you get a 27 point loss.
1: <laughs> yeah. I sarcastic Mike. He says, remember the motto, what do you want the numbers to be? Well, at least sarcastic Mike, I already told Sean, my husband, he is not eligible for the home field apparel drawing. So <laughs> we know he won't be cooking the books that way. And I don't think he's met any of you. So he can't be biased in terms of who he likes better. So <laughs> I feel like nope. we have a pretty, and Jeff and I aren't eligible either as much as we would like to be. Um, <laughs> so Jeff, myself, Ari's not eligible, and and Sean, my husband, are all not eligible. So hopefully, it'll be a very fair and even um, type of thing. He's going to create a lovely random number generator in Excel, and it'll be easy.
0: We we talked, we joked about this on the last broadcast. I think we actually had it in kind of the doing the work after dark. Um, Like Sean has worked as a controller, we need him to be like make a quick appearance on the (laughs) on the podcast with like a suit and a tie and a briefcase, like he he's got the like to do at the Academy Award. Like they do at the Academy Awards <laughs> or the Emmys, you know? Yeah.
1: He just so. said in the chat, he can be bribed though. So <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm not hey, sure we're- how they're going to get the bribe to him. Well, um, maybe we should plug as well. If anyone's coming the first weekend in February for the Simply yes. Call or the Back Home Network now, not just Simply Call, um, Jeff and I for doing the work, I think we'll be part of that that show that they're doing after the game on Saturday. So if you'll be in Bloomington, Jeff and I will, you'll be there on Saturday. Is that the plan?
0: Nah, it's going to depend on what the, what, what the local team does. Yeah. Cause we, you know, if that's sectional week here in Indiana for the yep. girls and our girls right now here in Rensselaer are, are number one in 3A. So they're, they could make a deep run. So I may have to stay home and do work radio work that weekend. So, but if they are, if they're, if they're not playing on that Saturday, I'm going to come down for the meetup. So yes, I will be there if I can.
1: Um, I will a hundred percent be there unless we get more weather like this. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, <laughs> maybe i can um, call in depending upon what time you guys do it maybe i can do like a yeah, you know hop that's in true. So video.
1: <laughs> see if we can get um the stream yard link to you so yeah, yeah so i we will be there for sure so if you have a chance to come um to that meetup we'd love to to meet you there on that saturday after um i think the men play penn state that game so yep. um, absolutely but yeah looking forward to that as well so well, for hey. any of you out there with cold, cold, cold weather, um, stay warm. Um, for any of you in the warm weather, let us know your address and we'll come visit.
0: <laughs> so, so, but, so yeah. Kathy, let's get out of here. It's yeah, a late night already, go. 10 o'clock our time, 11 o'clock for the people on the fast time zones, uh, fast time <laughs> zone. You know, so let's get out here and, and, and nope. we'll talk We'll talk again. I, I won't get to see you for, for about a week because you're going to be off on yeah, Wednesday.
1: That's right a week from tomorrow. That's right. I'll I'll listen to you and coach Tonsoni afterwards. Uh, Maybe I'll try to listen on the drive home from Kansas city. So, (laughs) all right. Well, good night, everybody.
0: Night, everybody.